Welcome to Songs and Stories, the not-for-musicians-only music podcast. Hey there, everybody. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is the Songs and Stories podcast, episode number 155. Uh, Our episode for March, we've just hit spring, and uh, happy spring. Spring on the West Coast, of course, means that we're having a little bit of rain and a little bit of sun, much like we had in the wintertime in the fall, and we'll have again in the summer, but technically it's spring, so that's kind of cool. Spring for me means I'm, I, I kind of took March off to lay low for a bit. Uh, spring means I'm going to get out and start doing stuff again. i got some dates coming up and some things going on, and I'll talk about that, and then we'll get to uh, another duo this month, and I think you're really going to like them if you haven't seen them or heard them before. So before we get to that, uh, a couple of things. News for me, really, I talked about this in the last show, but my Highway 17 video uh, went up about a month and a half ago, and it's doing quite well. And for those of you not familiar with the highway or maybe not from the West Coast, um, Highway 17 is 18-plus miles of windy mountain highway that connects the the coast in Santa Cruz to Silicon Valley. It's filled with about 20,000 different degrees of competent drivers every weekday, and it gets very interesting. It's a song I wrote years ago, and it's, it's it gets a little bit of local airplay. For the video, we did a live, we took some live performance from a house concert last year, combined it with some commute footage I got using a GoPro camera strapped to my dashboard, and it, the video went up uh, end of January, and right now it's teetering on about 8,000 views, which is really, really nice. So if you've watched it or shared it, thank you very much. If you haven't, you can find it at michaelgaither.com. It's right there on the front page. You can also find it on YouTube. And, uh, you know, I think I hit a nerve locally. The The local paper did a story on it. KION-TV, our local Fox affiliate, just did a story on commuters in 17 and used a little bit of the video and a little snippet of me being interviewed. So that was very flattering and uh, kind of cool. So if you haven't checked it out, it's, it's, it's fun to make things that kind of piss you off. And that's kind of what I try to do. So I think that song seems to have done okay. So coming up for me... We're on the tail end of March as I'm recording this, and I've got a few things coming up in April, and of course, I never planned this, but they're all glummed together in sort of a three-day stretch. But if you're local, I'm going to be doing three hours of original tunes at Alfaro Winery on Hames Road in Watsonville on Saturday, April 16th, from 1 to 4. It's Passport Weekend, no cover. It's a beautiful winery, a nice place to hang out. I've got a lot of songs that I'm going to be field testing this summer for the new record, and I'm just going to do three hours of originals and probably a couple of repeats there at Alfaro Winery. Really nice people, too. It's a nice local thing. On Sunday, April 17th, my wife and I have been hosting shows at the Corlitas Cultural Center for almost six years. We've done over 30 shows, and uh, sometimes things just got to give, so we thought we would go out on a high note and take a break from presenting for a while. So we're going to go out with something really cool. We're going to have Gerf Morlix come back. He's the Austin producer, singer, songwriter who played last year and just did a guy. He's just one of my very, very favorites and a very, very nice gentleman. Um, splitting the bill with him is once again Blackie Farrell, who was um, also out here last year. He's a he's written songs like Sonora's Death Row, Mama Hated Diesels, um, but just released his first album. So they're going to split the the afternoon, an early show at four o'clock, 
at the Corlitas Cultural Center on Sunday, April 17th. So if you're if you're local, it's going to be a great show. Please come out for that. It's our last show on Corlitas. We're going to take a break and maybe do like a little house concert series maybe later in the year. But for now, I we just need to have time for uh, day job podcasts, recording, and everything else that we find ourselves doing. And on Monday, April 18th, I'll be in Capitola at the Discretion Brewing Company, one of my favorite local microbrew, craft brew places. They Every Monday, they have a, what they call Love Monday, and they give 20% of their profits to a local charity. I'm going to be playing from 6 to 8 p.m., no cover, and 20% of everything Discretion makes that day goes to the Birchbark Foundation, a local animal charity that... Uh, Gives provides financial assistance for veterinary bills with people that can't afford their cat and dog bills. It's a great organization. I've done a couple of things with, things with them, and they're um, really nice folks. So if you so April sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth, there's three things kind of lined up for me. So have a look at that. They're all on my show's page at michaelgather.com. Meanwhile, back on the podcast, we're going to be talking today with Dan Frechette and Laurel Thompson. And I think they're, they're a couple. They're married. They're also just a fine, fine musical duo. And I think, you know, everybody has a story about how they meet. Every couple has a story about how they've met. I think Dan and Laurel's is one of the coolest and cutest and just really sings to what they do together. So I'm going to wait for them to be here in a couple of minutes when I pop that file in and let you hear how they met. But uh, a little bit about them. Laurel is a Monterey Bay Area native. She plays violin, great singer. Uh, She's a songwriter, as is Dan. Dan is from Canada and plays kind of everything with strings. I'm not sure about keyboards, but you'll hear and list the things he plays. And uh, he's written songs in many, many genres. And as he, he sat down, he's recorded a whole bunch of stuff in different genres many years ago. And he'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, he's got a very, very huge catalog of songs. They've met and been recording and playing as a duo together, and they tour quite often. As we speak um, this afternoon, they're actually back east. They'll be back here later, I, I think, in actually next month for their release party at Don Quixote's Music Hall. But they, they've just released or just finished their third record. They did one called Dan Frechette and Laurel Thompson, their debut as a duo. They did New Disguise um, just about a year ago, not that long ago. And they're finishing up their, their third record, which is a little different for them. It's really a total, total collaboration. And they're finishing up um, that record, and also they have an Indiegogo campaign to help with the funding. And I'll put the link for that in the podcast and blog notes that go with this. Uh, the, the interesting thing about Dan and Laurel, especially Dan, Dan and I seem to have tons of friends in common as Laurel, and we've been almost meeting for about a year, and I was at uh, Pono's, a Hawaiian place in Santa Cruz, a few months ago, and he walked up, introduced himself, and we'd had Facebook and email exchanges, but never actually sat and talked, so we crossed paths there, and then we crossed paths at the Santa Cruz guitar Christmas party back in December, and um, so this was our first time we've actually really hung out and visited, so besides being an interview, it was a really nice excuse just to get together and kind of talk shop and get to know each other and hear them play and uh, start scheming about a gig we can possibly do later in the year. So you'll hear all that in just a couple of minutes. Before we dive into that, I want you to hear a couple of things off their last record. It's really, really nice. Again, it's called New Disguise. Let's hear a bit of the title track and a little bit of a tune called Saturday Night We'll Be Rockin'. And then we'll talk with Dan and Laurel. And while you're listening, as always, you can learn more about them by going to my site, michaelgather.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. 
Look for the blogs or podcast section. You'll find links to their site and their Indiegogo campaign, and I'll put up the video too. You can also go to dananlaurel.ca, D-A-N-N-L-A-U-R-E-L.ca. Dan's from Canada originally, now he's here, and we're happy he is. So let's hear a little bit of uh, a couple of tracks from the disguise, and then we'll sit and talk shop with Dan Frechette and Laurel Thompson around my kitchen table. Here we go. Sold it all, I ain't got a home Clothes on my back, I don't need no comb Can't wait to feel you, feel you in my arms till I die To tell this world how I love your sweetest laugh What your joy brings me, even through a photograph can't wait to feel you, feel you in my arms till I die. The sun is shining all over my life. And now, baby, you're the reason for the season of my new disguise. The sun is shining all over my life And now, baby, you're the reason for the season of my new Every plan I make involves your sweet company Can't wait to feel you Feel you in my arms till I die Whoever wants you, you tell them it's too late And you talk all about my heart, baby, ain't that great Can't wait to feel you Feel you in my arms the sun is shining all over my life and now baby you're the reason for the season of my new Love was meant to be forever The world I found in your song If your song played forever I'd find the world to sing along Take my light forever I'll let it shine until I'm gone And I won't speak of pain I'll dream of times that we shone Saturday night will be rocking, keep me warm enough with my lullaby angel in 
live radio okay. i don't edit unless i say something really stupid so we'll just chat for a while <laughs> yeah i mean with the highway 17 video so first line i ever wrote k-pick plays it and then after a while i thought i got this idea so i wanted to i thought it'd be cool to do like a live version of it with footage yeah and this guy named richard newman's been doing video with me he's really good so i bought a gopro put it on my dashboard and all yeah. last fall i just captured footage good old dash cam yeah and i started yeah. getting stuff and then i gave it to him we put it up two weeks ago and I'm, I've never had this before. It's it, it just crossed. It's been up for two weeks, and it just crossed five thousand hits. Oh, cool! That's wow. great. It's pretty awesome. neat. That's great. And yeah. it's probably a lot of disgruntled uh, Santa Cruz. Oh yeah, I'm getting all the I'm getting all these people commenting. commenting. You know, <laughs> k posted it, and last night, yeah, because I'm, I'm contacting KION posted it. Nice. So it's nice. It's really nice to have something actually. I hit a nerve. It's nice. Yeah, like, uh, totally. <laughs> it's like really that's like folk music from the area here. You know? Yes, it is. It's really, it's yeah. real grand. It's, it's kind of like, it, it's exciting and humbling. <laughs> it's like, wow, people actually, you know, and then hopefully people realize, oh, you have more than one song. Look at all those other songs. Oh, yeah. That's the idea. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah so you're so we'll talk about you're going to be American River this year. You're going to be at the showcase. Yeah, it's exciting, and I, nice. I, I remembered that you are doing MCing. Yeah, I that, that's yeah. Your, I started that. They started the showcase like the second. I think this might be the tenth year of the festival. Yeah, but the showcase is fun because, you know, the the, the main stage in the park they have five bands each day. Okay. It's not really a songwriter festival. So yeah. what Matt Siemenson has done is like he has the showcase of people that are most a little more acoustic-y songwriters. We have like nine slots. And they, okay. And then if you get one of the top two, they have judges from radio. So you they'll be seen by local radio, and and then there's a. Two people get a tweener on the main stage. All oh, right, on. But it's fun. You can camp near us, and we yeah. can, we can play late. Jamming. Yeah, yeah. that's important. We we always um we actually 
stay an extra night, so we actually buy an extra spot the night before, so we have it going in, so we have this big spot. Nice. nice, so it'll be fun. Um, also, I'm trying to remember exactly what area that is in California. It's close to the Sierras, right? It's Lower Sierras. Lower Sierras. So it's like, if you go up Sacramento, I should know this by now, I've been going forever. Um, east on 50 towards Tahoe, it's a Plast- just before Placerville, you head toward the mountains. Yeah. So from here, it's like maybe three hours. Is there the American River near there? Is that yeah, it's along the American oh. River. It's along, Okay. Yeah. I've never been to the American River. Yeah. Um, I've been around the Canadian River. Yeah. <laughs> and if you go up on Friday, leave really early. Okay. Because the first year we went out, we just thought, we'll leave at about two. And we hit everything. No, oh, it's yeah. It's really bad. It's uh, bad. We, have, we have Waze, the W-A-Z-E app on Oh, the kind iPhone. of redirects you. And it's great because, yeah, it'll suddenly That's redirect you and you're going down some... You know, a long road that's near a farmer field somewhere. <laughs> All of a sudden, you turn, you and then you are on the other end of some insane traffic jam. Right. You know, yeah. you see all the cop cars over there, and all the people being slow, told to stop. And then you're turning left and looking, waving, going bye, bye. <laughs> as you drive through. It's like a real uh, traffic problem. See, we live in in Bonnie Dune, and we love to. Go down to Aptos and mm-hmm. Santa Cruz. And That's a bit of a trek. Bonnie Dune's beautiful. I love it, but when you are coming, like I'm not from here really, so going into the traffic, yeah. I'm sitting there going, man, I, I want to jump over that line. I, I think if I got some kind of, I guess I can drive over the line and go into that one lane there's no one ever in. I could do that legally and get a shoulder. <laughs> or yeah, yeah. Until you're or, seen by a cop. Or I could probably get a motorcycle like some people do and just zip and just through all the people. I, I've seen a couple times a guy almost took off my rear view mirror. It's in the and video. It's really kind of yeah. nerve wracking. It's, you know? it's in the video. I got like three or four shots of these guys splitting lanes. I'm like, yeah. on seventeen, I'm like, really really like a bike isn't dangerous enough. When, it's a really, really scary thing. Um, yeah, so what we're doing right now is our third album. We're going to be uh, releasing it on April 27th at Don Quixote's. Oh, cool. And in the meantime, we're definitely, uh, you know, happy with what happened last year because we did a Kickstarter last year mm-hmm. and it was successful. Oh, good. So this year we're doing an Indiegogo because flexible funding is a little bit less nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, last year we had some guy from Texas who saw us for 10 minutes in Monterey at, at uh, can't remember the place, but some cafe and he loved our music mm-hmm. and he contributed $3,000. Wow. Like this know. one guy. So you just don't know. Right. But that is not something we're banking on. <laughs> sure. But so it's, we, a, it's a very nice to have. Well, yeah. So yeah. we decided this time just to do a, a flexible funding, which means if, we get, you know, half the goal, we'll still be able to keep the money. Yeah, and for people listening, going, the way this right? works is Kickstarter is people, you, you have a targeted number. Yeah. And if you don't reach it, nobody pays anything, yeah. correct? And with, then, Indie, with Indiegogo, you have a target number, but yeah. people donate and you get what they donate. So yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. we also so, have the same platform that Kickstarter has, but you can, you can choose. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people think that, you know, oh, having a set amount, it's like it gets everyone kind of geared up like let's help them out if they don't make their goal they won't get anything right um but then at the same time you know i think like for projects where you would have to get all the money to yeah. do anything at all yeah um like recording a little bit different like yeah. you know here i don't know we're flexible i guess in our recording process and um budget-minded so we're really budget-minded so it's like okay you like, have to be I, um, if we can't get enough money to 
hire studio musicians, we're going to do all the parts. Like, sure. you know, stuff like that, which we can't, well, you know. Just so you know, like, I'm sure you're aware of this wonderful man, but we wound up tracking our two albums now, and this is mm-hmm. our second one uh, that we're tracking at uh, Justin... Justin Mayer. Meyer. Bear Creek's Meyer, yeah. He's awesome. I Justin love Meyer, Justin, yeah. I love his, 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 his whole attitude to life and just... You know, you hang out in the studio with that guy and you just feel like there's really not any big urgent vibe or anything. It's like you feel super relaxed. That's important because when you're, yeah. and if people that haven't done it, gone down this route, when you've, you know, raised the funds and you're in the studio yeah. and you're on the clock and you've got people you paid and you kind of wonder, okay, we're chatting. Is this part of, the, you know, you, those things go in your head and Justin just makes you feel relaxed. Yeah, so like if and you're hanging out. And we get a lot out. done. I mean, it's yeah. not like it's just. And you, you play know, better if you're relaxed. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. the most, I mean, I've recorded in um, pretty much all the studios around here. Uh-huh. A few up in the Bay Area. And, yeah. and it's like the most relaxed vibe. Like you feel like you're at home. Yeah. Just how you want to feel. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Who was it? Sharon Allen told me, she goes, always take food to the studio. I'm like, oh yeah. And then I, when I learned that, that Justin was, if you're ever recording with Bear Creek, this is the tip. And I learned that he was vegan and I learned that he loved hummus. So every time we, yeah. my wife and I would go to Costco, we'd get the hummus and the chips and you know, six pack of beer. And, yeah. you know, he was happy. We were happy. It, yeah. it was real. It was fun. It was just fun. Yeah. yeah. I like going to the studio with him because what happens is you go in there and, and it's funny because we're, Justin's a Scorpio. Laurel and I have Scorpio ascendants. Uh-huh. So for some reason, when you put that kind of triangle of energy together, there's so much intensity and mm-hmm. work ethic. And yeah. it's like we totally, I don't know, we really kick into some kind of productive <laughs> thing. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, we did five bed tracks in like three hours or two hours or something. He's a really cool guy to work with. Um, I think, and then you know, he like kind of has to sit back. He has like, to. He like, gets Whoa, overwhelmed. Okay, by let's. It. I need to have some nuts here. So yeah. we need to just chill for a second. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's very intense and very creative. It's like, okay, hang on. Yeah. 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 But he step outside for a moment. <laughs> but he's got a great, com- and also where he is, like right in the middle of the rainforests and. Yeah, it's just Redwoods. north of UCSC or around the corner from UCSC. And, and we're living down the road from him, so it's... Oh, really you're like neighbors. You're yeah, like, pretty much we are. Too. It's like a yeah, four-minute, yeah. five-minute drive down the hill. Yeah, see, I so, had a plan for my commute up there. Oh, I could bet. <laughs> yeah, you wrote the song Highway 17 on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> so the deal is, is we, we, we got the album uh, started. And mm-hmm. so, you know, as we're moving along, um, our targeted goal is to cover not only the actual recording and manufacturing... But to have some publicity money, yeah, that's a little bit because a lot yeah. of people don't factor that in. They'll make a CD, and they'll don't realize that you got to almost spend twice as much. I think they recommend three times. Three times much. or something as much yeah. money it's to nuts. actually promote it and mm-hmm. send out. Man, have you ever stood in that lineup at the U, you know USPS? Uh huh. Yeah. And you're standing there with your forty or fifty packages. Yeah, I've done it for four CDs. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not fun. And, and you're sending out, and actually, a lot of the time we're sending out uh, the. I guess the, the the rewards for people contributing oh, right, right. to our campaign. So and, like if they can, and for people listening, rewards are when people like do. yeah, like let's say for us, um, Laurel teaches violin on Skype, so um, there's a, a reward for that. So if someone wants a, a violin lesson for themselves or a friend mm-hmm. or whatever, and then me, I teach guitar on Skype, and then there's also like things like you know uh, we'll come and route it. Like if you pay us some 
nice, really nice fat uh, reward there. We'll set, we'll actually route a tour directly to your house wherever you live in North America <laughs> and play a house concert right. for you. Or, or we'll play your wedding. We'll, we'll play your wedding. Yeah. Or we got lots. Birthday party or anniversary or... We had some. We uh, had vegan recipes that we have. That we'll yeah, send. That was I had friends. Cool. I have friends who they've made cookies. They yeah. made jewelry. Any yeah. kind of kind of like little kind of cool thing. Well, and I'll send actually this guitar <laughs> right here. This one. It's funny. This 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 is a Taylor GS Mini mm -hmm. mahogany. It might already be spoken for, but the guy hasn't actually bought it yet. But oh. one of the the four hundred fifty dollar prize is this guitar. Mm -hmm. It's a Taylor GS Mini mahogany that I bought because I am in my main guitars in the shop. Mm -hmm. And so I needed this and we were in the tour. We just got back from tour of New Mexico and Arizona. And I think it was the second or third gig. We were on our way and we were already in LA. We did two gigs and the guitar was going AWOL on me, the mm. Fender acoustic that I'd been given. And yeah. I thought, Oh, that's a good backup guitar. I'll use that for this few week tour. And we're in the middle of the it third wasn't gig. worthy, and it couldn't it even handle. Stay in tune for three minutes. Uh, like so I had to tune it halfway through the song, <laughs> and you're like, I'm, like, I'm going to go buy I'm something like, Dan, else. You have to get a new. This guitar. is a long show. Yeah, we tune for half of it. So, <laughs> so basically, this guitar, I'm, I bought it, and it's a nice guitar, but yeah. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not the yes. kind of guy that wants to have a lot of uh, extra stuff. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, your your other one should be coming back. And that's like the one I want to go to the grave with. So yeah. It's nice having that guitar. I got mine about a year and a half. Ago. Oh yeah, I saw your guitar. It's a Santa Cruz. I'm like, I'm the done. Santa Cruz guitar party. You were playing it, and it was a really good guitar. I'm very happy, very grateful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very, very I, nice. we know guys that we know people that collect guitars. And I always tell them, I have my last guitar in there, and they'll, they'll tell me, Oh no way, dude! Yeah, what, what'd you get? And I tell them, they will. They go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Like Sherry Austin, I mean, she's got this guitar. It's, it's, it's an, an Olsen. Olsen. It's an Olsen, yeah. And yeah. I see her playing it, and it's like, I really wouldn't want to see her with any other guitar. It just it really suits her, you know? Yeah. It looks great on her. She's got, there's a, a flower, uh, or I can't remember what it is, some kind of a... It's unique. Very, like very beautiful-looking yeah, guitar yeah. And, and, and inlays. And I just think when she plays it, you know... I hear, and same with Sharon Allen, speaking of that Sanders. band, she had a situation too where one of her guitars, her uh, car got her, they stole their, their PA and yeah. they stole the whole Stole bunch. stuff. And then the actual Santa Cruz uh, crew um, built a guitar for her. Yeah. What a nice thing to do. And they're, I really like they're, they're all incredibly nice people. Yeah. So I, always, so I always give kudos to Santa Cruz Guitar and Richard and those guys. Yeah, they're, they're really nice folks. And, and, and getting to see you and a lot of other people at that party. Um, and visiting and, and making music is important. So that uh, yeah, was fun. Yeah, mm -hmm. I really liked it. I, are you planning to do any gigs coming up? Like you've got some stuff going on? Right now I'm taking, I like when it turns back to me. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're doing, one, we're doing a show. We're doing, we've been doing a series in Coralitas, my wife and I, for a while. So we're doing a show on Saturday. We're going to have Scott Cooper play. We're doing one more in April. And then we're going to call that quits just because podcast, day job, my own gigs, Something's yeah. good. We just need a little more downtime, so I have that. I'm kind of I'm kind of laying low in March, and then in April I get busy again. I'm doing a small house concert. I'm doing a local winery. I'm doing our lat. We're gonna have Gurf Morlicks play our last oh, latest show. Yeah, actually, Gurf is Gurf is yeah yeah awesome. Yeah, I've heard of him um, a lot. I'm playing I'm playing the Mug in May, and I'm yeah. opening for a friend of Don Quixote's in June, and then kind of filling up the rest. Okay. Of so we got to plan something. We got to do something together. Yeah. And then there's also um, have you heard of Coyote Crossing? 
It's like a house concert on I the west side. I saw it on your site. Where is that? Um, it's the west side of Santa Cruz. So if we're it's messaged. It's like a co-housing, oh, a co- okay. co-housing place. It's on February 20th, I believe. So if, yeah, we're, Saturday. if we're messaged then uh, through the website, through our danandlaurel.ca mm-hmm. website, we will send the directions because we can't just give directions sure. over the I, phone I don't know or over the yeah. podcast. Mm. Um, but yeah, lots of gigs, you know. Like for me, it's like gigging is life. So you got to yeah. keep on going. And, and I definitely want to have you in a gig with us sometime soon. Let's like play something little, cool. Yeah. Something because uh, it's funny. The only time I ever get to watch anybody play live is if I'm playing a gig with them. Really? That and, happens to be. Yeah. You're busy. You're well, busy. there was an exception though. Like I really enjoyed first. I think it was like first night Monterey. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Laurel took me and she had gigs. So she was playing with Linda Arceo and some other folks. Oh, nice. And I remember thinking, this is great, but um, I'm not music. playing and me not playing on New Year's Eve is tragic. So, but I, <laughs> but I wound up having a great time. Yeah. Laurel was off busy and I yeah. took my little pass and I ran all over Monterey and I got to see all these people, David Holladioff, oh, nice. all these folks. And I got to watch like all kinds of music I'd never heard. And I really yeah. had a good time. So, it's nice when um, we do a gig together because then I'll watch your set, you know, and right, whatnot. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm normally out, you know. Again, I'm, I'm starting the year slow, but I'm, I'm usually out two or three times a month because I'm juggling everything else. But yeah, do you still go to Pono much? I haven't for a while. No. Pono's is fun. Good place to discover people. Is. Some people show up and they're really good and they're just farting around on a Monday. What else is there to do, you know? Exactly. Monday, Tuesday, yeah. and then you get some good food too. So. Yeah. So anyway. we should we should back up and talk about your music for okay. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, I so, play guitar. Laurel plays violin. You play everything. <laughs> you play amazingly beautifully well and you play everything. I yeah, I play a lot of stuff. In fact, um uh, building my arsenal up, I just found a left-handed uh made in Mexico strat, Fender Strat yeah. yesterday at the serving musician, left-handed. Wow. And I thought it was a really good deal because yeah. um the Mexican ones are actually pretty good guitars, so I'm gonna and then the funny thing is I'm playing with the 10 o'clock lunch band this weekend playing blues guitar at the Davenport Cafe on Saturday from like 5.30 you play with Glenn. 8.30. Yes, I love. And you know what's cool? Glenn is amazing. Glenn. Yeah. And, and so you know what's cool? It's like I got this electric guitar and so I hit up members of the band. I said, well, I just got this electric. And they're like, oh, we got extra tube amps you could borrow. And I'm like, yeah. perfect. <laughs> so yeah, I do play other instruments, but um, probably my favorite instrument of them all. And I'm really glad that my neighbor, um, uh, this fellow named Steve, just bought a really nice solid wood upright bass. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm going to be asking him to borrow it sometime. You play upright bass. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love upright bass. And any yeah, bass. we should talk. Any yeah. bass. I Bass, it's like... Dan just needs the instruments again. I need to he get the gear. The yeah. To move and immigrate down here, he sold them all right. to have the cash because he couldn't work for a year. Yeah. Because there's no, you know, you have to get the right paperwork. So, uh, people don't know who are listening. I keep pointing to the <laughs> yeah. recorder, but where are you, where are you from well, and how'd you end up here? And you've, you've recorded just a boatload of material. Yeah, it's insane. Um, yeah. Well, I started out when I was a kid in Penawa, Manitoba, mm-hmm. writing songs. I had a 12-string acoustic guitar and a Gibson ES335 dot copy. And I would just go between the two guitars and I wrote like 500 songs before I left home at 18 to go babysit a deal with EMI Publishing out in Toronto. They'd signed me to like a writer deal. Mm-hmm. And after that fizzled out, because they wanted me to be like a like a pop writer, like ooh baby, ooh yeah, kind of songwriting, which I don't do that stuff. I'm, I'm a, I write my own kind of songs. Mm-hmm. And, so anyway, I, I, I thought they liked me for who I was, but I guess they didn't. So anyway... 
Um, it's like once I signed <laughs> the deal. You did. Well, once I signed the deal, yeah, it was really so. funny. You know, it's one of those things. You signed the deal, and all of a sudden everything changes. Like you're in the army now. Now write these songs. And uh. it's like, Oh, okay. I thought you it's liked like. You know what I did when you hired me, right? Yeah, yeah but do this now. Yeah, they're like, oh, we know you're versatile and you could do anything, so you should be enjoying this. Like, I'm, like, I'm a mechanic. No, I yeah, but go so. put this door up. Right? <laughs> I, so anyway, what happened was I got into the Winnipeg music scene for like about 16 years. Amazing scene. Love mm-hmm. that scene. Great scene. It's about a million people living there, and it's in the middle of nowhere, about 10 hours north of Minneapolis. Winnipeg has an amazing festival, which we're booked at next summer. Cool. called the Winnipeg Folk Festival. So um, up up in Canada, I'm, I'm definitely uh, better known. Uh, and then I found a video at the very end of the winter. I was on YouTube watching videos. And there's this video of this, this wonderful violinist mm-hmm. on YouTube. And I thought it was this friend of mine, actually, who looks a lot yeah. like her from BC, who's kind of a fiddle sar. Mm-hmm. So I, lo- I thought, man, what the hell does Sage do having a video on YouTube? So I clicked on it. And it wasn't Sage, it was Laurel. She got good. And I was like, this woman is way better than, you know, they're really good player. And that was your meet cube. That's when you actually... That's, well, that's yeah. when I wrote her and I told yeah. her, like, her music, um, I could feel everything she's playing. Where are you from, Laurel? I'm from Monterey. Yeah. Okay. So she's I'm, a, I'm why didn't I know you were Laurel? Monterey. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. She's like, yeah, thousands of generations, right, Laurel? <laughs> at least two, two uh, to three. Yeah. Yeah. No, my family's... Which is how you know Lucy from Trusting Lucy and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so getting getting together with Laurel took about um, well, it wasn't overnight because we were friends for quite a while on the internet. But then I thought, let's get together and tour sometime because I'd mm-hmm. already had a tour book down here yeah. back in '06, but my dad died in '07, so I had to cancel all the dates. And I just thought, well, you know, maybe maybe I can find a way back to those places, and and a lot of them still remembered me, which mm-hmm. is really cool. So I nice. booked a tour. We wound up doing some shows, and then we started to, you know, see each other uh, romantically. Hmm. Um, that that was pretty it's such a cool story. You know, it's like there's yeah. a lot of chemistry between us, yeah. and yeah. then uh, we wound up uh, making to an album and touring a lot. So like we just we just try to stay busy because these days I'm sure you know that if you're not touring, you're not really selling records. No, you know, and it's a really different world now. Um, but I write music uh, of all sorts of different styles. So I wanted to make mm-hmm. albums in all the styles I do them in. Yeah. And I just one day had my studio on my computer set up and I said, you know what? I'm going to just sit down. I had all the gear. Remember she just said I had all this gear. I had 17 instruments in my room. And wow. so I was like, okay, I'm going to do a Dixieland song one day. So I play ukulele banjo and I just go through all the Dixieland. And then my folder, I had a Dixieland folder and then I had a bluegrass folder and then I had a wow. folk folder <laughs> then a rock folder and I had all these different folders so I yeah. would just dump the new song into whatever folder it belonged in right. and then when I got up to 13 songs for each record I'd release it as that genre because people are so confused at a show you know you're there and they're like which record should I get oh, and you're like yeah. well do you like blues Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a blues album right there, so they bought the blues. Very record. specific. That's smart. It made it made it easier. So anyway, I, I have too mm. many records out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at. I'm. I'm that was I'm, all before we met. Now, that was yeah. before now I we met just her. Have a few Even me, I, I look at my. I look at my little stack and I show. Do I need a fifth record? Well, <laughs> I got the song. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's. Something, I'm thinking right now the third one. We're about to do our third record. Right. And you know it gets pretty nice with deals after a while when you're after a show. You're like. Oh, we'll do 
uh, one for 10, two for 20, mm-hmm, yeah. or three for 30. Right. And it, it, look, it sounds good. It's all good. And the people buy it. But then it when you start like getting four albums, then the people don't know what to get anymore. And they're all yeah. overwhelmed. And it just gets to be really overwhelming at the... Then I think you, you just know. bring three that you like. Or I've tended to bring... I mean, I still have a lot of copies of my first two, which people liked them and I learned a lot, but I tend to just like push the, the, the two newest ones because right. obviously the newer ones the tend to firm. sound better. Yeah. Well, it's you right now. And right. it's current... See, like my old records, I'm selling them on Bandcamp for a $20 minimum contribution. You can get all of my third, whatever, how many albums, 25 yeah. albums, just 20 bucks. And then you can, you can yeah. download them all. And then because they're not really me at the moment, so that's kind of where I'm at too. You know, yeah. they're still good music. I, I still yeah. like a lot of them, but I wouldn't want to. Um, I wouldn't want anyone to. I wouldn't want them all to be in my, in my suitcase. It's a lot to carry game. around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be worse than having vinyl records or something again. Just imagine how they used to be. They used to have like one or two records out, and they had it's a lot to vinyl. carry. And it was like probably like had to worry about getting it overheated mm -hmm. and. So I'm thinking it's nice that I can have all my albums on a thumb drive. I could jam it into someone's computer and dump it all on there. It's like three, three gigabytes and it's 26 albums. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's wow. about three gigabytes and it's all MP3, 320 kilobytes yeah. per second. Yeah. So it's still good quality, but it's like, here's my thumb drive. I should sell thumb drives. Like, what exactly. do you think? My wife has told me that. Well, just I got because I still have boxes of my first two CDs. I, I, oh, I, I know. I wish that I wish they were gone. That then I would just have like the content to like figure out what I wanted to do with. How much do you order when you make a record? We usually try to do a thousand. You know, my my first three I did a thousand, uh -huh. and then um, Starlight, the one that I gave, I sent you a copy of that. Nice, movie. nice album. Thank you. Like that was. With I love the sound of it, and Justin did a great yeah, job. Yeah, it sounds like me. They, I like yeah. I like the mandolin playing. That's my friend Steve Kritzer. We kind of play as a duo. The, the finger picking and it's really nice. Yeah, like it was really that was that was. Thank really, you. I was really happy with it. Yeah. Um, I got a thousand of those, and then about a year and a half ago, I did a holiday EP. So I did. Okay. I had two really twisted holiday songs. And then I did a cover. Oh, oh no. That ruined oh, no. the whole podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to turn it down. <laughs> don't go anywhere if you're listening at home. Because I don't have it. <laughs> podcast just know. was ruined. There. See, it's just that simple. Volume. Volume Um. <laughs> so I did, like, two Twisted Holiday songs. I threw some live stuff on there. And I just mm -hmm. and we actually, it was a Christmas CD. So I, I ordered 100 discs. Nice. My wife made cardboard envelopes. Nice. I got cheap. I went to. I had a friend made a cover, and I made it into a to a photograph. Had them printed at Walgreens. I got a hundred for like four dollars. Glued them together. <laughs> made it like a little Christmas package. Nice. So, so I got a hundred of those, and I've got a few left. I, I like when people like. There's a, a lady I met named Sharon Martinson, and she's in a group, a duo called Littlest Birds. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. They're like a cello and banjo yeah. duo. And they sing harmony. And she gave me this CD when I did sound for her at Don Quixote's. Um, and she just gives me this CD. And she's like, oh, check it out. She had basically done all the folding and did it all herself and put art on there. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful little package, you know. Yeah. And she says, oh, I just do them as I go. And some days I sit around and I'll just do like 10, you know, just sitting around. I kind of, yeah, for the holiday really cool, when I figured yeah. really knowing... And for me, knowing how many I'm, I'm really going to sell, I thought, yeah. let's just do a handmade package. And everybody liked it. 
you know, and I and then for like radio, I repackaged probably twenty into like a jewel case, so okay. like a spine. And yeah. So I might just I might do that again. It was a lot cheaper. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like I think when we and were, it was different. It was cool. My wife actually took my my old guitar picks and she made little angels out of them to Christmas ornaments. So oh, it was nice. all themed. It was it was fun. Nice. Are you uh, are you on on which record now? How many now? Five? You said. Well, I did three in the EP. Now I'm okay. working on my next one. Okay. So, like... so you're starting right now. We're Justin's. You're going there and recording. Not yet. I, okay. I finally sat down and went through last week and things I didn't have like good demos of. You know, Garage Band. So I went through and I I have demos of nine songs. So this okay. is kind of how they sound. There's one. There's one or two more I want to write that kind of fit the theme, and then I got to figure out what's going to have solos. What's going to. But I want to make it sparse for. Time and resources reasons. And the, the songs don't need a whole lot. Yeah. Okay. Know. Well, if you're interested in me coming in and, you know, that might picking be, along on something. That might like, be cool. I think I'm probably going to have, like, I think a couple of songs need to be big. Okay. A lot of them are like, like storytelling Starlight stuff. So they don't okay. need a whole lot. It'll be more than reasonable. Um, it's just, you know, I really like the idea of doing something on someone's CD. And you live right there. Yeah, really so I'd just be like, oh, I'll just boot down the hill and see you there in 10 yeah, minutes. That'd be really efficient too. Yeah. Um, right now, who knows, I might go to Starving Musician again and find a mandolin or something because it's like <laughs> every time I go there, I'm like, look, there's an instrument that I used to own oh, that I, I can buy for $100. I mandolins yesterday and they were all pretty bad. Oh, really? oh yeah, the mandolins. Maybe since yesterday. <laughs> we did play a really There's a nice reason one. they're at Starving Musician? Yeah, they were like the most jangly, kind of uh, trebly. We did play a really nice one though <laughs> at Sylvan. What was the name of that brand? This handmade Gerard. Gerard. Mm-hmm. There's a Gerard there, and that's like a someone out in New Hampshire who builds Rhode Island. Rhode Island, Island yeah, and they build yeah. these mandolins. And I'll tell you, man, a yeah. I tell you, like um, we were putting it up against Callings mandolins and going, really? I prefer it. And they're not that expensive. No. And they're at a point where it's like, yeah, it's still a little bit of a chunk of coin, but, and I actually went to New Hampshire with Laurel. Like we went out that way mm-hmm. on our tour in November and we're hanging out there. And the people who are staying with playing a house concert are friends with them. Mm-hmm. So how small a world is that? They're actually mm-hmm. really good friends. They're like, Oh, we, we could have had them over, but uh, I guess they're busy with something or whatever. They're sick or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I wound up friending them and writing them and saying, I played your mandolin at Sylvan. It's amazing. Mm. Laurel and my wife, it's like, we really love this thing. So anyway, they, they wrote me back the same day and said, oh, we know exactly which ones you're talking about. That mm. was the one I built like for, for see how it's so cool when it's small. Like I love that. It's a yeah. small shop. And they remember which mandolin it was. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, that's the short scale. Or is, is that the one with the, the wider fingerboard? And I'm like, actually, it was the one with the narrower fingerboard that was really special. Yeah, and a small shop's so, going to remember each individual instrument. Yeah. So. Yeah. Actually, if you ever want to look into mandolins that are um, really significant, there's a fellow up in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, close to where I'm from. He's been building these mandolins since the 60s. Wow. And he's in his 80s now, and his son's build. And he's a, he's a guy named Lloyd LaPlante. Lloyd LaPlante, absolutely incredible uh, luthier. He builds uh, guitars and mandolins. He's built for all kinds of people, like Becky Buehler uh, plays his stuff and a few other well-known bluegrass musicians. But his mandolins and his guitars are so loud mm-hmm. because I've jammed with the guy a few times and he's deaf. You have to actually yell at him like you do. <laughs> like I've met, guy, I've met Guy Clark, right? And it's the same thing. Hey, Guy, how's it going? And it's like, you actually have to yell at Lloyd. He can't hear anything. And so all of his instruments are like twice as loud as they expect them to be. 
So great for a cam jam. They're plenty loud. Plenty yeah, loud. yeah, super powerful. Yeah, I've got a Weber that I haven't touched. I started playing the banjo and then guitar, and then the time I have to do stuff, it's the band, the band, the mandolin kind of fell by the way. So okay. But right on. You want to lend it to me? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, so you're a new record. This is your third together. Yeah, really excited about it. Okay. And how is it different from your first two? Um. Well, the first one we did in a church. Uh, in Winnipeg, we mm-hmm. really borrowed. And we recorded ourselves. Yeah, really good microphones though. A great friend, room. I mean, yeah, church, nice reverb. I bet. Beautiful. And I didn't have to add any reverb to that one, so it was like just amazing sound. And we had do, we'd been on the road for 45, 50 shows at that point um, straight. So we wanted to, people kept saying to us, "Hey, can you uh, can you do you have any recordings of the two of you together?" <laughs> we kept having these solo solo CDs mm-hmm. and they're like trying to choose like do, I, do we really like Laurel better do we really like Dan better <laughs> yeah that was weird <laughs> it's like but we just need one together so right, they're just right. this is too so weird. we'll definitely <laughs> sell this one and then we'll have to you know yeah. so, so we just played all the songs that we better knew. for them better for your ego right we just, yeah, exactly. well we just played all the songs that we knew people 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 liked a lot of songs um, so we just kind of went with all the ones people liked, and it wound sure. up being so hard to whittle it down. So it's this uh, album that we should be like a double album. Songs or something. Like, wow, we whittled it's too it many down songs. to eighteen. Eighteen. <laughs> like our first release is a box set. Yeah, exactly. but but it's just the two of us, right? So it's just us two, and yeah. and then and live off the floor, exactly how we yeah. sound. There was no edits. Yeah, or... no editing or anything. So the second album was the Kickstarter one, so we had a bit more money, and we went in with uh, really. Good friends, uh, Tracy Parker on bass. Upright. Oh, nice. And, Tracy's uh, awesome. I love Tracy. And, and Jimmy Norris as well, who's awesome. Yeah, the Santa, give the Santa Cruz All-Star. Yeah, it was great. And, and Patty Maxine. And the Patty Maxine on Steel. How can you go wrong with those three? Yeah. Well, we were actually at one of their gigs, and they're coming up to us and saying, well, if you guys ever want us to do some recording or playing with you we're up for it and i'm like that's a huge honor and, with me, wow. they already know how to play with each other yeah yeah that's nice. so, they're already tight and yeah. you've got the rhythm you've, you've got that that rhythm sex you got tracy exactly. and jimmy yeah. so that record's good and then and then we did the third one just now we're starting to record it and there's lots of lots of i don't know like for us it's more like what i'm happiest about with the newest one is the the songwriting uh it's like we've really got some serious songs that we're mm-hmm. really proud of well i think it's the it's, most cohesive yeah. as far as like yeah, a dan one. and laurel sound because mm-hmm. the first one was mostly dan's songwriting a little bit of mine mm-hmm. a little bit of my composition i mean all my my stuff added to it like sure. my, my string arrangements added to his music but it was like he'd been playing most of those songs for five ten fifteen years the yeah, they were, they were one, all gelled with you. Yeah. yeah, and the second one was um, more even as far mm-hmm. as like half of them were my songs, half of them were his, his songs, some of them we had co-written. But this one, it's pretty much every single song we worked on and they're all written within the, like, the last year or so two. So it's new, it's really a collaboration. It's, yeah, it's really a collaboration since we've known each other. Yeah. It's so and nice to play tunes that you, you, you know or you really like and you're happy with and they're new. Mm-hmm. Like that's exciting. Oh, to I know. Talk. That's that's instead I know, of like I know. I'm always digging back to like song I wrote back in 1998 and all this stuff, and it's like <laughs> you, that's you, cool. But and I still like the song, but these are new. You always want to play the new stuff. When yeah. You, well, it's like you know if, when you get a new song and you, you get it done and it's good. You yeah. Like, it's exciting. You, yeah. You give us birth to like this creative thing, and we're, you want to. We're birthing a new baby, not a 20 year old baby. And <laughs> it's like, you know, here's our. Here's our brand, and we just put this out, and it's really reflective, I think, also of our life. 
because there's a song on there where we're singing about walking through the redwoods, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's very true. That's what we do. And, you know, we're in, like, our life right now is Bonnie Doom, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're still kind of sticking with how we have a, a you know, a diversity of genres mm-hmm. that we had on the, the first two albums, which people mm-hmm. really liked. But now we've sort of seen, like, which songs people really seem to gra- gravitate towards. Oh, okay. And we're not necessarily writing, like, thinking, you know, we have to get this sort of a genre on there. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, this whole part of our fan base is going to be really angry with us or something <laughs> but you know it's just i think your fans will like whatever you exactly do. but I we're think, kind of yeah and it's if it's more and more kind of, cohesive yeah, it's like, like yeah we're kind of seeing seeing what kind of gels and then yeah. and then somehow it's just sort of you know it's just kind of come together and what i like about the album like there's you know some songs that are super sweet and then some that are that are just kind of fun and, and humorous and then there's some that are really kind of um i think a little bit darker and, mm-hmm. and more kind of gutsy or something and talking about um i think kind of some current issues that wow. you know like i can't in, wait to hear it in the just general world landscape right now so so yeah kind of a nice range i think between really personal stuff mm-hmm. and then really just universal and like the last album it's only 12 songs <laughs> wow we didn't get carried <laughs> yeah, away and do the 18, 18 songs yeah. that, that's never gonna <laughs> it's happen it's a long again. listen yeah. It is. It, it winds up being. It flows uh, pretty well, though. It's actually only fifty-two minutes, I think. And we got I, someone's record recently where they had ten songs, that, and I was like, "Look, Dan, it's fifty-two minutes. Ten we're, songs. We're doing better on our eighteenth-song <laughs> record." Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I want to break that first album up into two albums, and mm-hmm. we can get a couple outtakes from that session, yeah, which is still in the studio. More. We have a few more. And just that, tack them on to that church session. Yeah, like one will be, we'll do one will be nice. the love songs of that album, and the mm-hmm. other will be all the other type of songs. That'd be cool. Nice. So, anyway, it's all thoughts. And where can people go to help fund this next CD? Oh, it's well. If if they go to Indiegogo, I mean, they can go to our website danandlaurel.ca, and our Facebook is probably where they can most directly find the. But but if you go to Indie, if you go to Indiegogo and you just write Dan and Laurel under search, it'll show up. You'll see. And I'll put links in the podcast notes. Okay. So people can find. Yeah, it's nice to have a easily findable. We had this um, lovely artist friend of ours, Drew McSherry, do. He's just done a couple logos for us that we're planning to turn into like t-shirts and stuff. So our Indiegogo video, we recorded it when we were down in Tucson in um, a friend's um, like kitchen, basically. Mm -hmm. We were just on tour. And uh, anyway, what people will see if they look at the Indiegogo is is Drew's logo there, Dan and Laurel, with our instruments. <laughs> it's we, cool. We're also in that NPR Tiny Desk concert. Oh, yeah, uh, we did that in her, her house, too. Yeah, we got a song called A Talk of Consequence that's, like, really... Um, it's just a blast for us to, to run through. Maybe we should play a song. Are we going to play songs? I, well, you've got a guitar out. It'd be a nice way to <laughs> cap this thing off. We should... We should uh, yeah, why don't we play a song with maybe that one? Or what do you think, Laurel? I got my... I bought some harmonicas at Starving Musician. All right. Um, they're usually like 60 or $70 a piece. I don't know why. What do you play? What brand? Uh, I play a, a mix because at Starving Musician, they had some on clearance, and I couldn't believe the deals. Mm. So um, I wound up finding a couple golden melodies, oh, and okay. I found uh, I really like the straight-up corner marine bands like this. Mm-hmm. And a Special 20... Uh, the only problem with my special 20s is that I ordered this set from eBay. And I think what happened is some 
but he took some children's harmonicas and then put the lids. Really? <sighs> yeah, they put special 20 lids on it. And when I play the special 20 ones... It's like, not that special. They're not that special, <laughs> exactly. It's like, ah. Yeah. I discovered Lee Oscars probably like 10 well, years ago, and that's all I use. They're really good. Yeah, I like them yeah. too. My favorite harp I ever used was a... a I believe I really like the uh, pro harps. Mm -hmm. They're amazing. Those black harmonicas. They yeah. smell good. For me, I play a lot of like chordal stuff, and the Lee Oscars just sound really, really full and nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think uh, I remember liking the Lee Oscar as well because they had a, um, minor harmonicas. You don't see that too often. No, I got a couple of those. You know, it's, it's a quick aside, but when I first started playing, I started with a G harp. and. And I kept, and I blew out the reeds from a couple of them, and I didn't know what I was doing. I made sure my wasn't you know mouth was clean the whole bit, and so I I sent them an email just nicely saying, "Am I doing something wrong?" And and yeah. I I got this call back, like a phone call back from Lee Oscar. You <laughs> see, he was really he goes, "I'm really sorry, having problems with my harmonicas. I don't know what I can do, but I'm going to send you a, a couple of replacements." He sent me yeah. stickers and two free harmonicas. I mean, I wasn't even complaining. I was just saying. Am I doing something wrong? And I got this personal phone call from Lee Oscar. So I'm a customer for life. That reminds me of... Uh, it was really I, nice. When I got some Santa Cruz guitar strings at Sylvan. And, yeah. And then I wrote in uh, to Santa Cruz. I went to Info at Santa Cruz or whatever on their site and said, I love these strings. They're awesome. Then Richard Hoover writes me back and tells <laughs> me, thank you so much for... I'm really glad you enjoyed these strings, Dan. And, you know, just really nice personal Person. letter. Like, I He's like that. the nicest guy. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah, let's try this tune out, A Talk of Consequence, from the third as-of-yet-unnamed album. Which you can contribute to at home, as we speak. Yeah.
What I love about Bonnie Dune, where I'm living, it's like Laurel and I were so lucky to live there because I went on this little Bonnie Dune page. You know, every town has mm-hmm. a little Facebook mm-hmm. page. So I went on there and I said, you know, I really want to, I want to borrow an upright bass, you know. And then this one lady writes and she says, oh, you, I'm on vacation right now. You could just go to my house. She writes me a private message like, you just go to my house, go to this address. <laughs> Turns out it's right around the corner. I go there. I help myself in. There's an upright bass there, and I take it. And I, go, and I record it. Nice. And I record it. I use it for some pre-production demos. And then, you know, it's really crazy is this lady who I'm giving guitar lessons to this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to add congas to that song. Right. So she's just like, oh, I have this set of congas. You can just borrow it. I'm gone to Mexico for two weeks. I say, all these people are gone on vacation. I'm like, hey, I'll borrow all your equipment. You know? You're in a good place. <laughs> no, it's so nice. Yeah. And so the release party is oh, Don yeah. Quixote's in? April 27th. Okay. And uh, yeah, we picked a midweek uh, thing. It's better, I think, because then there's not so much heat on, mm-hmm. you know, people who may want to go to a million other things on the weekend. You know? Right. It's like, that's the, that's a problem here. There's so much yeah. to do. Oh yeah. yeah. Like when we were in LA, man, we thought we were playing it safe and we booked our gig for a Sunday mm. and then we showed up there and there's this other guy who happens to have all the same fans as us. And he comes around a lot less often and he's yeah. moved away and he's been gone for three years. So basically everyone told us, they're like, yeah, sorry, we're having to go to this other guy's show. And it's mm. like, it's like it's annoying. The only people at our show in LA were people who we they didn't know. They accidentally showed up. And yeah. actually, there was like 30 people who'd never seen us before. I'm sure they had a good time, but they, they got there they, by accident. Yeah, they were like, we just decided we were going to come down and see what was going on at the coffee gallery. And yeah. wow, yeah. we really enjoyed ourselves. Including a guy, <laughs> including a guy named Igor. And Igor is this like guy who's like, looks like Santa Claus. He's like a really stocky really tough looking older guy like probably about 75 years old mm-hmm. and he played bass with a person who we are who we were supposed to be uh, doing a show with later on in phoenix like a week later mm-hmm. so how small a it's world a small is that world. that he's like oh yeah i'm actually going to be at that gig playing with the other band you're playing with and not only that um if anyone here hearing your podcast ever goes to phoenix there is the most amazing if you're if you give it any any crap at all about music and music instruments uh the guy that we met at that gig igor he's actually uh works at the music instrument museum in mm. phoenix and so he offered us when we were there to take us on a tour and you know cover some of our our entrance fee mm-hmm. and my god wow. that was the the best highlight of the tour i wanted to be there for like two days when i was there 
I was there for three hours, four hours at Laurel, and it felt so robbed. I was like, this wow. is, it's like literally um, the most amazing museum for music instruments. You know, it really is something and all over very, the world. It's very like you know multidimensional. They have, oh, yeah. really? they have recordings of the instruments, yeah. so you can so you can listen. And they've got kind of this Wi-Fi sound system thing where you're wearing your headphones and then wow. you kind of get close to an exhibit, and then suddenly it's like you're immersed in the actual sound of the instruments you're seeing. And, and sounds cool. I, I think oh. the only the only thing that annoyed me was that like I couldn't take the instruments and play them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can I try it? It's out there. It's like they all looked. <laughs> Quite playable. Sometimes in, in museums, like violins like and stuff, look like play. they're not really <laughs> playable anymore. But these all looked like they're in really good condition. Cool. <laughs> looks like a super fun to play thing. Yeah. Well, good luck with the record. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Thanks for making it all the way down from Bonnie <laughs> yeah. Dune, making it all yeah. the way down Highway One, which is no easy feat on a Friday. Oh, I know. Now we're gonna have to make it all the way back up. <laughs> yeah. Going back should be easier. Anyway, I want to jinx it. Yeah. Well, thanks for everything, Michael. Thanks. We'll 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 figure out it. We'll yeah. figure out something cool to do a this cool year. Build. Yeah, the cool build. Uh, we'll do something. Right. Look forward to it. Thanks, you too. Thank yeah. you. That was fun. Dan Frechette and Laurel Thompson, the nicest couple of folks you'd ever want to hang out with for an afternoon and quite talented. Playing a little bit off their new record, which you can help fund by going to Indiegogo.com. I-N-D. I'm looking at the browser so I don't misspell it. I-N-D-I-E-Gogo.com. Look up Dan and Laurel there. You can also go to danandlaurel.ca, or you can go to Don Quixote's Music Hall locally on Wednesday, April 27th. I'll be there um, supporting them. Um, and we can we can all hang out at their third album CD release party. That's 7.30 p.m. Wednesday, April 27th at Don Quixote's. Coming up on the next episode of Songs and Stories, a return guest. I mentioned the, uh, the our last show on Corlitas on Sunday, April 17th, a early show at 4 p.m., with Gurf Morlix and Blackie Farrell. Gurf and, Mo- Gurf and Blackie were on the show about a year ago when they came through and played, and Blackie just finished his first record. It's called Cold Country Blues. It was produced by Gurf Morlix and Bill Kirchin. Uh, as, as I'll say in the interview, and you'll hear this in a few weeks, he pretty much had a band that was bulletproof, <laughs> with those two guys at the helm. But he recorded some favorites like Mama Hated Diesel's Rockabilly Funeral and Sonora's Death Row, which is been covered by Robert Earl Keen and a whole bunch of people. So he'll, we'll, we talked um, backstage, backstage, in an office at K Pig Radio after Blackie played on the air about a month ago and talked about what led up to this record. He played Sonora's Death Row live, and you'll hear that on the next episode, and kind of talked about the story behind it, which really, you might be surprised. And it's just one of my favorite songs. It was one of my epiphany songs that got me into songwriting. So I was just kind of awestruck watching the guy who wrote Sonora's Death Row talk about it and play it. I think you will be, will be too in the next episode. But that'll be coming up soon. And whether you found this on the Stitcher app or up in iTunes or on my site or Twitter or Facebook or you're listening live streaming on Grateful Dread Radio Nashville or Casey Cafe Radio, thank you so much for taking the time. Please support these artists. Buy their CDs. Download their stuff from iTunes or a paid vendor. And uh, help them all keep doing this really cool stuff. I'm Michael Gaither, and for Songs and Stories, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Take care.